Welcome to The Intended Parent, our podcast about our journeys to motherhood through the gift of surrogacy. We hope to open up the conversation around infertility, bust some of the myths you may have heard about, and share our stories with heart and honesty. We'll tell you about the highs, the lows, the ins, the outs, and everything in between. Happy listening! In this episode, we're chatting all about agreements. It wasn't a particularly easy conversation at times. As expected, there's some fairly contentious issues that arise. Everyone has their own opinion on these matters, and as we've discovered when talking and listening to other IPs and surrogates, the views can often be worlds apart and very passionately held. Clearly these factors can make for some very awkward conversations, but they're also some of the most important ones anyone who embarks on a surrogacy journey will have. It's important to point out that currently surrogacy agreements are not legally binding, and the reforms underway are not due to report back until 2021, so they won't be any time soon. However, they do provide a detailed and extremely useful framework for discussions, so in our opinion, are a must for any potential match. new year to you all and um, Fran and I have had a lovely little break over the Christmas period and before yeah we? we've we've uh, my family have been giving each other um diseases <laughs> for, for Christmas yeah 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 so uh, we've got sore throat Fran recording today yes uh hopefully we get through it without too many coughs or hiccups <laughs> coughs and sneezes <laughs> today we're kind of talking all about agreements um so we're going to walk you through the surrogacy agreements that we both used mm-hmm. for for our own journeys i think it's um, the same agreement that does the rounds on the it does gets passed around yeah. from, uh, from from team to team um and yeah, so we're going to just take you through the main structure of the agreements and then give you a little bit of a, a view of how we, we felt on each of those, each of the points within it. Yeah. So the first bit is just the general, um, I guess the general bits, um, whether it's going to be straight surrogacy, um, which we've called TS or traditional surrogacy, where the um, surrogate uses her own egg and then host surrogacy or GS, where the surrogate uses an embryo that's been created by the, um, the couple mm-hmm. or singleton. Yeah, now, yeah, now yeah, because it's now true. legal as of last year to to do it um, if you are a single person as well. Um, so yeah, that's but that's that that's where the egg comes from um, outside of the surrogate. Yeah. So yeah, what type of surrogacy it is, and then a little bit just in terms of do you understand the risks of being pregnant and childbirth, and then what happens if the relationship breaks down, yeah. um, which is a bit of a weird thing to talk about at this point because I think nobody obviously expects that to happen um and and also i would say on the groups it, i've seen it happen maybe very hand, rare isn't it a handful of times um but it does happen um so yeah just just that the surrogate confirms that she considers any child that's born not hers um and if that if that like ceases to be the case um that she would um give all money that has changed hands um back and also not ask the um intended parents um for any um maintenance Mm. um but as we've said this happens very very rarely if it has happened um 
it's, it's it you sometimes can see it coming can't you yeah it sometimes hasn't been like the more surprising when then mm. people have gone into the um the background it's um, and it's generally a function of the matching process isn't it so from our previous podcasts if you're taking your time getting to know your surrogate talking about everything you need to talk about and and making sure you've got a good match it's unlikely that you're going to find yourself in a situation where the surrogate wants to keep the baby but um it's also important to keep it in the agreement because actually a good relationship should understand that it needs to be it needs needs to be be in and you have a conversation about about the consequences Mm -hmm. of, of, of that happening yeah so yeah i mean that that's the first bit the next bit is um checks and tests yeah, so uh, there, there are all sorts of checks and tests uh, when you start your journey um, from sort of HIV tests, hepatitis tests, uh, all the way through to CRBs and criminal records. Um, and it's mainly to protect everyone involved, isn't it? There, at the end of the day, um, you're creating a baby. So, you know, the, the surrogate's got her, got her own health to consider. Yeah. The IPs want the child to be healthy, so they have that to consider. Yeah. And you know, you want to you want to undertake an agreement in as legal a way as possible. And you don't, you know, I guess the CRB things. If someone did have an did have a mark on their records, it would be for the IPs and the surrogate to talk about it and decide if they still want to go on on their journey. But yeah. again, I mean, it's something to know. Yeah, I mean, we didn't actually we didn't actually get these done for the surrogacy process but because myself and mark are both teachers mm. and i knew that um gina uh is quite involved with the the church community and and children that she sort of had those tests done mm. anywhere previously um so as i said yeah we didn't specifically get them done for for um that i mean in terms of and i think this is really interesting to talk about in terms of the um the medical checks is I've listened to um, you know surrogacy podcasts or, or listened to people talk about it on um, the telly, and one of the misunderstandings that I always um, always really infuriates me and gets me sort mm. of shouting at the telly or the uh, or other podcasts is that people I think sometimes assume that these tests um, just don't ever happen in mm. in in this in the UK in the UK, and that's why people I think sometimes feel more comfortable going to the US but actually if you were to do if you were to go through a clinic um which is probably more likely to be done if you're doing the GS yeah but can be done in under a TS yeah under a it TS as well you can still go through um a clinic even if you're doing um TS it's more it's more costly but it still can be done um actually the the clinic will make sure that you have all of these checks yeah. done they can't carry out the transfer it's, i think it's an F- hfea requirement yeah. to have them done anyway isn't it if you if you if you're using a clinic of any sort so yeah so think... obviously if you're doing TS and you're doing insems at home yeah there's there's no legal obligation for you to do it at this in this country at the moment but if you were to follow GS um route through a clinic or a TS route through through a clinic the mm. clinic would have to do these so yeah. if you're if you're thinking that you want these protections you can you can have them you could have them in this country you, yeah. there's there's no reason at the moment um you know to go off to the US because you feel like these these protections aren't aren't in place in in the UK and then the next part of the agreement um, talks about conception and the, the arrangements around conception. So um, the, you and your surrogate will obviously have conversations regarding sexual intercourse and the period be- 
in, in which uh, you want her to abstain from having sex so that any child that is uh, conceived as a result of surrogacy can quite easily be known to be a surrogate baby rather than a baby that might have been um, created from from the surrogate having sex with her partner. This, um, is, this is really odd because I just yeah. took that completely as a given. I, did, I didn't even I, think it would be an issue. No, but, really yeah. didn't think it would be an issue. And then recently on the groups there was... There was a conversation about there this. Was, there was, yeah. And I was shocked to, to, to hear this. So to put it into context, there had been a pregnancy which which in which it was a bit ambiguous as to mm. whether the baby in question was a result of the IPs um, transferring an embryo. Well, it's TS agreement, wasn't it? So mm. the IPs trying to conceive <clears throat> or if it was a natural pregnancy of the surrogate. Yeah, and then it did spark a bit of a debate where... Did, yeah. Where there, there definitely, there was definitely more of a debate there on there than I thought that there, that would there would be, be. and yeah. there was different, differing views amongst both surrogates and IPs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I, I wonder if that is part of the reason. Our, our naivety was maybe because we both have had GS journeys, and once you put it in the framework of a clinic, you think it's all really official, and actually no one's going to have sex at this point to, to to muddy the waters no. in any way because you've done this formal thing, and maybe if we had one of us was a TS. IP, we might have been more conscious or aware of the fact mm-hmm. that there's a little bit more risk. Um, I know that I remember like um, Gina actually sort of bringing it up, and as I say, I just think naively, I just sort of assumed that it wouldn't happen. And yeah. but there was, you know, there were surrogates on there that were talking about how how important, you know, a sexual relationship with their their um, husband or partner actually was. Um, I think for me personally, like my own sort of feelings on that is if you want to, if you, you know, you really want to become a surrogate, mm. um, you can't, you, you know, if you're, if you're leaving sort of getting pregnant yourself up to, yeah. up, like, you know, the chance <laughs> that that might happen. And yeah. then it felt a little bit irresponsible if I was honest mm. to, to say that, well, I'm not going to give up my sex life at the same time as trying to carry a baby for or conceive a baby for another somebody couple. else because and i think you know if it is really important to you and you still want to do it then perhaps what you need to do is have a chat about there's going to be you know a period where you try and um, conceive for your ips mm. if it doesn't work within a certain time yeah. frame then you know you need your fix yeah <laughs> which is absolutely fine yeah. um but and then you have you know some time off to be able to you know to, to make get... sure you're not or to make sure you haven't fall pregnant from your fix yeah before you try again like yeah um, and then that and the agreement does sort of talk about that doesn't it, it talks about sort of making sure you agree the time frames and yeah. the number of times you're going to attempt to to conceive as well so um i just yeah and the, I... the conversation the, like you say that that topic of conversation on the groups was really interesting and it wasn't at all something that had ever worried me no and i think again why it's really important to use um at the moment while there isn't sort of a a legal framework um why it's really important to use these because things that Mm. i think some people might just take for granted as being like you know unsaid actually they need to be they need to be talked about so the next section is pregnancy arrangements um this is mainly starts off with talking about um the, the surrogate um making sure that she's keeping herself healthy mm-hmm. um, as possible. And then it moves on to what's going to happen in the... 
like you know no one wants to think about this but the unfortunate situation that one of the intended parents would would pass away or mm. perhaps both of them um which would be obviously tragic but it, again something that needs to be talked about um it does suggest that you um would do it very formally with a solicitor perhaps um give um making a will and then lodging that mm. formally with a solicitor i have to say that we didn't actually do that um but we did talk to gina and ian and we did talk to our family yeah about about what would happen yeah we did the same we we didn't we didn't use a solicitor for this point but we'd spoken to ina about if anything happened to us um who we would want looking after the baby and we i i think we spoke to you about this previously that whenever i went on holiday i would uh, write down my wishes on what i would want for the child just in case something happened and the plane came down with me and sati in it and we had this unborn child because um, you, you left in england you didn't actually you didn't want to go you felt very uneasy about going away because i i remember you were yeah. sort of quite shocked that we actually went to we went to Las Vegas for one sort of last hurrah before um, before Evelyn was born. Um, and I think we went in the May, like June half term, and she was born at the beginning of July. So it yeah. was quite, it was quite, <laughs> quite late yeah. on. We did, we did get one holiday in, but it wasn't as late as that. I think we went in the second trimester, but I was very nervous. And I made sure, uh, my best friend, bless her, she receives these emails. Do not open unless, you know, in the emergency. And it would sort of cover off and... I think, you know, whilst that's all funny, the importance is that you have to think about the mm. situation because it's very rare that you would leave an unborn child behind and both the genetic parents or both the intended parents, should I say, pass away through any eventuality. So it's just always good to, to like you say, go through the agreement because you wouldn't necessarily think about that as being an issue mm. unless you're prompted to. And it's not a particularly nice thing to talk about. No one ever really wants to talk about what will mm. happen in the event of their death. Yeah. Um, but it's very important. And the next section talks about scans, um, which I guess if you're carrying a normal pregnancy, these are these are assumed to be a given. But again, it calls them out in the agreement. So um, all we're saying, all the agreement is saying here is that the surrogate will make herself available for the relevant NHS-based scans that are required as part of a healthy pregnancy. So that involves um, your your 12-week scan, regular, regular screening, um, diagnostic testing for down syndrome if that if that's what as a as a team the ips have agreed with the surrogate that it's something they want to carry out then the and surrogate yeah. makes herself available and i think it. what's what's quite interesting is that perhaps these aren't necessarily things that if you were going to get pregnant yourself um you know might not necessarily occur to you until the point at which yeah. you know that scan is being offered exactly um, and then you might go away and talk about it with a partner i think what's sometimes a bit strange in this a bit surreal <laughs> because you haven't even tried to sort of get pregnant yeah, yet yeah, yeah, yeah. you're having these sort of hypothetical conversations um and it, but it is important that you're both on the same page mm. you know um, a surrogate might have had her own pregnancies perhaps where she wasn't in favor of getting some of these mm. scans because there wasn't like you know whether regardless of the outcome she would have gone ahead with yeah. the, the pregnancy and it is one of those areas that you perhaps find out are you on the are you on the same page yeah. in these and i think it's important to make sure that you are definitely before moving on and then other normal things that you would do um you would contact you know you'd get a birth plan in place with your local hospital so again just it, it introduces a conversation with your ips on where do you plan for this baby to be born does the hospital um know that you're well will the hospital know that you're pregnant through a surrogacy agreement and you'll probably talk about the logistics of the fact that there's not just 
the surrogate and potentially her partner in the birth room there might be one of the ips there so um just highlighting the fact that those conversations need to be had with 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 your local hospital or with your midwife or your gp um, making sure everyone's sort of informed of, 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 of the fact that it is a surrogacy pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting in terms of, like, the intended parents informing their own GPs. That, I don't know, with you, with yourself, I found that quite an odd. I, well, no, because I see my GP on a monthly basis at the moment, yeah. anyway, okay. for, for other treatments. So she was always aware that we were going, because she... Um, was trying to arrange for us to have as many blood tests on the NHS as possible so she knew that we were we were on this journey and was really on board with it and always mm. used to ask how it was going okay. so um she actually was the one who said oh I'll contact the local midwives to make sure when you come back then there, there's a midwife locally to look after the baby as well so yeah. I, yeah. I mean I found that a bit odd because I wasn't <laughs> seeing them so it just yeah. seemed a bit odd to make an appointment to be to say like yeah I'm coming here I'm not pregnant but <laughs> You know, be a so but again, it's something that you 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 need to think about because it is a it is a strange thing. You know, mm. you'd normally go to the GP when when you were pregnant. Yeah, um, it was it did feel a bit. It was well, it wasn't it wasn't odd. It was just at what point do I go? You know, yeah. I've got nine months to do it. Yeah, do I go yeah, sort yeah. of a week before just to like just to <laughs> let them know this is happening, or do I go right at the beginning? So, yeah. but again, something to make sure that you that you think about. Yeah, and then finally, it's um, there's a point about ensuring the surrogate's life. So you know there we all know there can be complexities when it comes to pregnancy mm-hmm. and you you know you do need to make sure that your surrogate has life insurance in case the worst happens to her again you don't want to talk about it when it's you're trying to create a life you don't want to really talk about what happens if if you lose a life but you have to make sure that the the surrogate and her family will be looked after in that in that case and mm-hmm. and and the the agreement just calls out the fact that it it's right to ensure her life. So the next thing is about pregnancy problems. Um, and like all of this, it's they're just conversations that you have to have, although mm. they're not necessarily ones that you want. Um, but this is to do with if the um, fetus would, was found to be disabled, um, handicapped um, child, then you know what what at that point is gonna is gonna happen. Um, in terms of you know term um, termination of the pregnancy um you know whose choice Mm. is that and i I think that's it's just so important to make sure that you're on the same page with with that you know if you've got um a surrogate who who would not do that under any circumstance um but you as an ip are not sure about Mm. that then then that's something that you really do need to talk about before you actually move any further yeah. at, at this stage. I mean, in in our in our sort of agreement, I think we were sort of fairly happy. Gina was happy with whatever we yeah. um, decided. So what we actually, I think, what we really decided was actually that we'd cross that bridge when it that's exactly that what we, we came said. to it. Yeah, because we, ni- neither neither of us had a real yeah firm view on what would happen at yeah. this point we were the same so you know difficult to talk about these things God. in terms of hypotheticals i think as as an ip yeah. so we were sort of lucky that i don't you know i it's it's a little bit like the cancer mm. I, it's it's very easy to sit there and say you this is how i would react if this happened to me but one of the things that i found is that i i was quite surprised at the way that i reacted to yeah. cancer it wasn't the way that i thought that yeah. i would react yeah. to it um and i think it's a, and it's i think it would be the same as this so absolutely. we were just very lucky to have um, a surrogate that said to whatever you decide at that point yeah 
um I'll go along with it yeah we were we were lucky Ina was exactly the same as well so you know she she kind of always said that this is this is your child and this is going to be your life with this child so you ultimately what you think you want to do going forward if you're if the baby was um seen to have a disability or a handicap would be fine with her um well and again like you say I think it, you can't really make that decision until you're further into it because it's just all it's it's just hypothetical at this point in time but when the baby's there or when you've heard a heartbeat your emotions come in and you might think differently mm. and I think again the other thing is if and you might you 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 know this going into it the second time do you have a different feeling because you know what parenthood is and you know mm. you know how you're connected to your child and you know that actually if it had any disability you would still accept it and still want it um and maybe before that before parenthood you had a different view so um, we always agreed again to cross that bridge when we came to it. Mm. But it I guess was, if you, I guess if there's if if you um, are partnered with a surrogate who is saying definitely not under yeah. your circumstances, then it has then then you, to to match. I think successfully, you'd have to be with IPs that also agreed with yeah with with yeah. that that under no circumstances would yeah. that ever would never have a termination. Would, yeah, would yeah. that ever happen? And I think if you're both obviously on that same page, then yeah. then great. But I think that that is something that you do need to. Um, think seriously about if 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 you're matched with a surrogate who is um you know definitely one way yeah or the other um the next part in this section is um to do with miscarriage um and like every pregnancy doesn't it, it doesn't change with just because it's surrogacy yeah. and i think Again, that's the that's the thing you sort of think going through the clinics, going you know when 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 that happened, when the implantation sort of is successful, and then you see that it's pregnant. The last thing after everything that you've been through is is thinking that you then want a few weeks down the line to to lose that child. And I think there's that the there's an added there's an added complication there when it's yeah. when it's a surrogacy pregnancy as well. Um, well, it's it's if. I guess if you naturally miscarry, you know, you know intuitively and you know physically that, that something's gone wrong. But as IPs, you could just be carrying on living your life and you, you could actually be on a holiday and your surrogate miscarries and you would never even know about it until mm. until she's able to, to get to you or, you know, get get to a phone and have a chat with you about it um, or over a video call, whatever mm. you think is the right way to do it. I, I'm not sure there is a right way, but um, and this is definitely This is definitely where I've seen... Again, over the years on the groups, I've seen perhaps um, relationships break down a little bit more. Yeah, and I think it's well, it's difficult as well because not only are you dealing with the emotional roller coaster of being pregnant and being, you know, having tried so hard to get there and then finding that that you've lost that baby. There's there's that emotional side, but there's also a financial side to then mm. talk about. And you've you've been paying yeah. expenses to the to the surrogate, so you know if what do you decide at this point? You know, do do do, do the money cease? Do you have an agreed period before trying to conceive again? It's it's where you're it gets very difficult. It's really yeah. tested. The relationship I, is massively tested. Yeah. I think under this, and I found generally these points that we're talking about now. Um, they just reminded me of how I was unable to be pregnant myself. Like, it just highlighted how little control I had over bringing mm. this baby into the world and how much control I was giving over to someone else. And I think, I mean, <clears throat> I can't, you know, talk for a surrogate and, you know, in, it, we, we are hoping to 
to yeah. in the you know in the next series to to talk to some surrogates and and this is definitely something that we will will speak to them about but i imagine you know such thinking about how i would feel if i was a, if i was a surrogate um that you you know it's not that you've just lost a child but i know that they feel an incredible amount of responsibility yeah. and and then there's having to tell the ips as mm. well which just must be it must be so horrendous. incredibly difficult to do um when you're bearing the weight of this yeah. you know all of that responsibility on on your sh- on your shoulders so again yeah, it's that's why it's just so important to you know to have as as good a relationship as possible but it's also you know if we're being totally honest these these are the sorts of things that will test any relationship and mm. and like all relationships they're not you know they're not necessarily always forever you don't always necessarily know what's going to happen and how people i mean you can talk about it but it's not necessarily the way that you yeah. So I just think I think the only thing that you can do in preparation is to talk about it. A, yeah. A be lot. prepared. Be prepared. And, you know, have had the conversations. Yeah. Like you say, you don't you don't know how either party is going to react. And if you've if you've created and nurtured a really um, strong relationship with your surrogate, you would hope that you know even if someone did have a very bad reaction to such a such an incident as a miscarriage you can somehow nurture them back into mm. back into the relationship and and find the strength within yourselves to to either you know agree to to part company or to try again mm. but it's, it's and i've it's, seen and and as sad as it is we've i've seen lots of examples of that on the group mm. as well where yeah. where um partnerships <clears throat> you know have gone through miscarriages and still you know still stayed yeah. strong and and moved on yeah you know moved on together yeah well, or you do see the cases where, you know, after multiple attempts, or, you know, if there's been more than one miscarriage, people think, oh, maybe this isn't the right match. And they choose to step away and then and then start their journey again from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's unique to every every team. And it's just, you know, we have to talk about these things to make sure that they're dealt with in advance of, of creating a life. Yeah. And then we move on to the post-birth arrangements, which when you read it in black and white, it sounds quite cold, doesn't mm. it? And it's uh, generally just alludes to the fact that once the baby's born um the child becomes the responsibility of the intended parents and the surrogate is kind of it sounds horrible it just says it sounds like you know just left to left to recover in hospital if she needs to or go off home but um well i think it's the bold the bold immediately hand the baby over after the birth if you if you do go and have a look at the, the 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 actual document um yeah, it's in bold that the child will immediately be handed over and will not stay with the surrogate if the surrogate has to stay in hospital, um, etc., etc. But the reality is, when you have got, when you've got to this point at which a child is born through a surrogacy agreement, your your surrogate is one of you know she's like she's your best friend at this point in time, and you wouldn't leave your best friend alone in hospital, you know, having just given birth, um, no, in a vulnerable I- state. So. So really, yeah. You don't often you don't often hear of IPs who just say, "Right, I'm taking that child." And no, I think especially in the UK because yeah. of the type of surrogacy that happens with mm. you know the altruistic surrogacy. I, I think when I've heard stories like this, it has been more sort of US based yeah. or more um, maybe commercial like, sort of surrogacy yeah, arrangements. In, in, like the, the European countries that yeah. where that's where it happens, where the baby is handed over and they move to a different room. I mean, for us, they didn't have enough rooms <laughs> for us to have a separate one to 
to to Gina. Yeah. So we were all in the same room. Um, and and interestingly, the the point about um, you know if the surrogate if the surrogate um, has to stay in hospital, the child would not stay with her. Or equally, if the surrogate mm. can go home, but the child um, you know has to has stay, stay in. Yeah. I think it's all very well that you can agree these here, but I mean for us, we found that we'd agreed that. Um, if uh, the baby had to stay but Gina could go home we'd agreed actually with the midwife that that would be absolutely fine and then when it actually got to the time mm. the hospital said no it's not hospital policy yeah the ho- <laughs> it's not hospital policy Gina will not be allowed to go to go home um, and Evelyn had to stay in and and in, in the end it was you know that was absolutely fine with with Gina mm. um but again it's just you know this is not a legal document no, it's it's not. at that and point where you're sort of yeah hospital policy will sort of trump <laughs> Trump your your surrogacy agreement document if everyone's going to pull them out but it was the same you know and going back to the fact that you you know it does sound a bit like the surrogate's just going to hand the baby over it's it wasn't like that for us either you know we we once once Samala was born um we had a nice amount of time with Ina she you know she was in a hospital bed and we've got some lovely photos of us all together um with Amala after the birth and subsequently we all had to stay in for various reasons and spent a little bit of time together in hospital, which actually mm. seemed like the perfect end to our journey. Yeah. Um. So it's not as harsh as as it comes across here, in the written text. Um, with 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 the surrogate sort of being left, I would hope you know we hope that all all matches are, are, are really a a beautiful. I mean, matches, but the, I guess but... the only thing would be is if both both the surrogate and the IPs mm. wanted that sort of relationship, yeah, then, then, it's then, fine, isn't then it? that's fine yeah. as well. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, if both, yeah. if the surrogate wants to, you know, immediately hand over the baby and then be Go in separate rooms and get in separate fine. rooms. Yeah. And, you know, if that's if that's what both parties want. And I think that's, I think, again, that's why this is so important. I've, I've not <laughs> said that, like, at, at, you know, at every point. That's why this is so important. No, I just, yeah, both, yeah. as long as both, both parties are on the same yeah. page, it will work. Of course. And then, um, obviously, you then have to register the birth of the baby that's been born. So the agreement talks about that and how <clears throat> how you need to inform the registry office or the registrar that the child's been born as a, as a result of surrogacy. Uh, interestingly, our registrar, <laughs> when we said it's been born as um, it, Grace was born as a result of surrogacy, actually had never done um, yeah. anything before so actually was reliant on us to say who went on the so was ours so was ours and when, <laughs> me and Tati did sort of look at each other because again she didn't know what to do and we were like I mean we could just give her our names and it would save <laughs> yeah. that whole ordeal of going through the parental order and all of that stuff and we looked at each other and Ina looked at us and she was like well I wouldn't say anything if you did put your names down but we didn't you know obviously we just um we put Ina the the the, the surrogate has to go on the birth certificate as a child's mother um for us because Ina wasn't married um Sati my husband was able to go as the second parent we're very traditional at the time I didn't think about putting myself on I was like oh yeah female male that's good he'll go on it and I, I actually could have put myself on it but we didn't it was almost like a a non-point because we knew we were going to get yeah. the revised birth certificate and I think done. this is I mean this is for me one of the most <laughs> you, you know it's not something that you think about like no. as just a yeah, normal sort of British citizen, no. but it is one of the most archaic oh, it's laws ridiculous. that I've ever heard. It's that, ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've thought was the most bizarre, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, <laughs> is that if even um, if a woman had a baby um, with somebody that that she wasn't married to, but perhaps their relationship 
excuse me, the person that she was married to, had their relationship had broken down. Mm. Perhaps they were just separated and had been separated for a long time, and then she was yeah. with somebody else and had a baby with them. It was. It would have to be her husband, the man that she's legally <laughs> married to, is the only person that actually goes on the, the birth certificate. certificate. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, isn't it? absolutely so, nuts. I mean, I, but... I also. Because I find it odd that, you know, and the reforms are currently going on to, to, to address this, that the if the if the couple are married, then none of the IPs are on the birth certificate at all. And you you have to wait six weeks before you apply for your parental order. Well, that's what happened with us. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. So, actually, what do you happen... What happens if you are, you know, in a situation where you really need to get urgent care for your child or, you know, someone asks who the legal guardians are, you're not actually the legal guardian. So, if your child was in an accident and needed a blood transfusion, are you going to go and call your surrogate to travel halfway down the country to sign a form? It just, you know, mm. the, the, the actual consequences of having this in yeah place. i mean i guess I, I mean that definitely was that's definitely the reason why i think that these reforms need to happen i i, I felt that um when we were actually in the hospital it was very clear that any questions to do with tests um, um were initially directed to gina and people were, were very mm. much you know this is it's yeah this is the lady that's given birth. Therefore, these are, this is the lady that will give us, mm. you know, the permission as to whether to carry out these tests or not. Um, the one thing I did think is if if perhaps in in like you know in that time in between there had been any problem, I don't think I've ever I've, I've never actually had to go into hospital or mm. into a GP mm. with either of the girls before the parental order was signed, and anyone said to me, "Are you actually the legal mother?" Yeah. So I I, I, I mean it I is a concern, assumed, isn't it? It's, and um, I imagine maybe. Maybe if they were in hospital for a, a long period of time, yeah. perhaps those questions may eventually come up. Mm. Um, but I reckon anyone who turned up to hospital with a child is not necessarily going to, in in, in, in practical terms. No, yeah, and that's the thing. I think, yeah, in practical terms, you would do one thing, but in the eyes of the law... Yeah, it's you, very different. You, it's different. You're, you're, you're technically not... You don't have the authority to make a decision on your child's life, so... Um, like you say, the reforms definitely need to be made to to recognise the IPs as the intent, as the mm. parents of the child once it's born. Yeah, definitely. So the next bit is pre-pregnancy expenses. Um, these are all the costs in terms of like life insurance, in terms of um, any travel expenses mm-hmm. um, to the clinic, loss of earnings, childcare, while sort of going for any scans or tests, mm. um, and yeah any additional medical checks um there was there's also on this particular um agreement one in terms of an insem fee yeah we didn't actually have that i have to say we didn't there's a transfer fee as well isn't there we didn't have a specific transfer fee no we didn't called out um when when we went through the journey but i guess these things evolve and if if that's seen as a valid and relevant expense and you you have to discuss it with your surrogate and and agree that you'll pay it yeah um the only other thing i was going to add was sometimes you just have to make sure in advance that you've got the um technology set up to get the pre-pregnancy expenses paid so you know for us because ina lived quite far away there's a lot of train journeys and stuff so we always used to just try and plan the train journey so they're off peak to reduce the cost and then always just paypal the money over to her so she's She's got it there. Yeah, so. I think. I mean, so our... you're not making formal payments to them at this point in time. Yeah, our pre 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 pregnancy expenses were done on a sort of a, more an ad hoc. Very much so. Ours were um, as well. I know some people have like a pot, don't they? And then yeah. they draw down against it for these yeah. sorts of costs. But we, yeah, we just used to figure out when the costs were going to yeah. 
incur and then I mm. PayPal her. But some yeah. surrogates have said they don't like that because they sometimes feel like they're constantly having to ask for money for this, that, and yeah. the other. Whereas we didn't. Yeah, it was I never think, an issue with I us. I think with Gina's, she sort of, she built it up and then said, "This is mm. how much it was." Um, yeah. Which is just a, you know it's yeah. whatever works for yeah. for you as a partnership. Um, the next bit is the pregnancy expenses bit. Mm. Um, we've, no one wants to talk about. That no one wants to talk about. And we've actually had quite a lot of chats off air yeah. about this. On how to, how to approach the How uh, to approach it. And I, and I don't necessarily know that there is a, a right approach. I think what we didn't... What you don't want to do is you don't want to rub anyone up the wrong way. Mm. Um, I think there are so many differing views on this I think and I think even within the IP world there are differing views oh, on yeah. it within yeah. the surrogacy it's not that surrogacy surrogates think one thing IPs think no. something else um I think what we didn't want to put it across as is we didn't question any of this mm. because I think that would be unfair to the audience who are IPs to 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 then yeah. be in a boat thinking everyone accepts these costs for what they are yeah and everyone's and everyone's really you know happy about these yes yeah. <laughs> um and everyone's totally fine with these and no one ever questions it I, I don't do think there's a not sorry to interject but there, I do think sometimes there's this view that because it's an altruistic surrogacy journey um and their other option would be a commercial surrogacy journey which is significantly more expensive than than what we see on uk expenses that we just have to be counting ourselves lucky that oh yeah actually this is a really financially the best way or the easiest way for you to become a parent and actually doing it in the uk means that you're not going to incur significant costs but you know let's be honest these costs now are are around fifteen thousand pounds for for pregnancy expenses and for an ip you know, or for for IPs who have had more than one journey, it's a heck of a lot of money. Particularly mm. if you're having gestational surrogacy and adding on clinic fees and medication fees, and then you've got pre-pregnancy fees and everything adds up. So it's a it's a large pool of money. Mm. And like like Fran was saying, it, we would be almost irresponsible if we're just sat here saying, oh yeah, do you know what? Yeah, my you know the, our surrogate said her costs were fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand. We just accepted it and we started paying it from the moment at which we had a positive pregnancy test. It, it's not. I think from the time I saw my agreement and we discussed expenses and probably the same with you, that it still sort of pangs a little bit, doesn't it? When you, when you think of the money and the, the amount of money that that is being paid. I think the thing to... <clears throat> with it perhaps maybe um, was, the, was the part that I found diff- like most difficult to get my head around and therefore just found it easier to just accept was the the fact that it's it's called expenses mm. um and i know that this is going to rub people up. <laughs> this is going to rub people up the wrong way i know it is um and i think that's why for, for for me perhaps i think there needs to be an element of compensation because if we, i just think if we're all being honest it 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 doesn't cost that much money to have a child which is what my friends you know would would continuously tell you yeah be saying to me and which... that's the hard thing being an ip who's never been through pregnancy you can't validate these expenses because you don't know what what people need when they are pregnant and what this specific cost is and maybe it is that that our friends and family absorb a lot of cost because they don't realize it's it's a genuine cost of pregnancy because they're not going to count every penny it's their own child that they're, they're, they're carrying um 
but you do constantly get told that it's not that expensive to have a baby. Well, I, I mean, I know that sort of for us, and, it, and it, as I say, it includes clinic costs as well, but to the, the two girls have cost us £40,000 plus. Mm. Um, my my brother and his wife have two girls, mm. and, you know, they've they've told me it didn't, it hasn't yeah. cost them £40,000 to have yeah. two children. You know, even if you take away the clinic costs... Mm of that but then um, a lot, a lot and of population that's why wouldn't be able to have children if that was the cost of actually having, having a child yeah. and I think that that perhaps maybe for me I it would sit it would sit more easily mm. if it was if if it was just accepted that there was or if it was allowed that there was um just you know that you could call this mm. there was some even in altruistic surrogacy there was some degree of yeah you know compensation i get that the reason that. why it is called expensive because actually if you start calling it compensation people can increase and increase and increase that and then mm. it, it becomes to the ip's detriment um but uh, like, you know money you don't talk money you don't talk politics there's a lot of things you shouldn't talk to people about but unfortunately in, in the surrogacy arrangement money is it is something that you talk about you have to talk about and the, the next bit sort of also kind of gets me a little bit on on when compensation stops or or well when expenses are stopped um if the pregnancy for whatever reason ends Mm. so the next part of the agreement um does move on to to what happens um after a, a miscarriage or a termination or an ectopic pregnancy and and how you deal with expenses associated yeah and and there's there's always, there's a sort of a tiered element of whether you're whether the pregnancy ends sort of in the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, whatever. Um, but for the the one that kind of always got me was that if if your if your pregnancy terminates at twenty four weeks, you still pay the full balance of expenses. Mm. And I never quite understood. And we will ask, I guess, if we have some surrogates on it, it'd be good to sort of get their view on on this point. Yeah. And. Um, because for me, I thought, well, if it, if you're compensating someone because they're now going to take time off work, if they're employed, would they not be entitled to sick pay? So why would the IPs then also be paying a, a pregnancy expense at that point in time when there's no child um, that resulting as a, um, from the agreement or from the arrangement? Sorry. I think I oh. definitely just did the ostrich. <laughs> putting my head in the sand <laughs> just at that point i i mean i didn't i never actually asked to see the breakdown of the costs um no me just either. because I I, it's not um it's not etiquette to ask anyway is it no i don't think it is so, i know that some people do have, see it yeah um i didn't really want to because i just because i didn't want to be in a position where i sort of was you know sitting there thinking oh would i have incurred that cost mm. if i'd been if I'd been pregnant, so I just generally just sort of accepted that that was that was a cost. That and was think, the the cost, and, and, and not, if we're I not, we're not saying we're not willing to pay it either, are we? I think that's important. The thing is, once your surrogate tells you what her expenses are, they are what they are, and you accept them. Uh, oh, and, um, and the fact you know, and you can't put a price on what a surrogate is, is going to do no, for you. No, you I can't. Think it, it's so it was it's never the for me. Expenses it, yeah, and comp- it's the, it's the wording of it. Yeah, compensation. It's the, it's, it's the way it's sort of. A bit like it's dressed up to be something else. It feels yeah. like sometimes. So I'm never. I'm. I'm not saying that a penny that we've paid over was 
was begrudgingly yeah. um, paid over. It was it was all paid right. absolutely on time because actually we were more than happy for that to be the and, cost. You of know, and I just and I look, you look at you look at you know Amala and you look at Grace and Evelyn now, and you cannot put no a cost. You I'd you know I'd give yeah. oh you know any amount of money um, yeah. to make sure that those girls you know to have them in your life to have them in. But it's it it's what the money is being deemed to pay for is I guess the thing that needs addressing and it it hopefully as part of the reforms that are currently ongoing might just be um, addressed in there like you say if there is an element of compensation then just call it out and say what it is Um, so it's transparent and you're all on the same page and you get what it is and you accept it and you move on I think where there's this cloudy grey area where IPs don't generally ask for a breakdown and you don't know it's just a large amount of money that you're not really sure on what you're paying for and it would be nice if you were all just clear and accepting of what it is and move on from it when you know it it's difficult for ips to accept that that's the cost of pregnancy a when they've never been pregnant before so don't know the cost of pregnancy b when everyone else is telling them it doesn't cost that much to be pregnant and c when you can't see the 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 breakdown of what it is that that sits within the expenses bucket yeah um I know that there's another point on here that it just sort of sticks out as being quite important and that's the um the timing in which you um you yeah. make the payments mm. um I, again we paid every four weeks uh 10% same um I have seen I, I did see a post recently on one of the groups where someone said oh and I've agreed to pay it all up front <laughs> Um, and it was and it was surrogates that were on there saying no 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 don't yeah. you know don't yeah. do that we wouldn't recommend I mean obviously do what you want in your sort of partnership but we wouldn't necessarily recommend yeah. this um, and I also think this is this is the point where um, I know that my my husband was um, he was at a stag do and the, the, the he was talking to one of one of the um, other. Um, people on the stag do and he was explaining how him and his wife were having you know big problems and this was really affecting their relationship and IVF didn't even seem to be a like viable option yeah. um, and Mark had said like suggested um, surrogacy and he just sort of his first sort of thoughts were no 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 that's not it's not even on the cards it's mm. far too expensive um, and then when sort of like Mark talked about the fact that we'd paid for it in sort of four weekly installments rather than like this huge like Mm. lump sum it suddenly then just became a little bit more yeah you know achievable achievable. and i think you know although i think the the advice is that you have the money Mm. um built up beforehand myself and mark are are in you know in we're in full-time jobs that are very secure mm. jobs mm. knew how much we were getting paid every month and knew that that was a cost that we could actually pay so it did it, like paying it in amounts yeah. rather than like in one lump sum did make it more um more accessible and um, the, the last bit at the end of this is to do with um again what what happens if things go what happens if things go wrong if if the surrogate has to have any surgery mm. if she has to have um a cesarean that there will be additional costs um, yeah. incurred for and that, and again, it's it's up to you to to agree those and yeah, yeah, to agree or disagree. And I think I I did the same. It's a bit like you just look at the number and you kind of say, yeah, that's fine. I agree to it, and don't ask ask any more detail because it's the best way to deal with it. I think yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that's 
I think that's just us being quite honest there. Mm. You, you sort of feel as an IP, you're over a bit of a barrel. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you are definitely you, stuck between a rock and a hard place, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, you, you, I mean, you know, if you want to do this, you you, you agree to those costs. Mm. Mm. I'm yeah. not sure anybody, I don't know anybody who has... I don't, I don't think I've ever come across anyone who's challenged expenses. If, we, if there is anyone out there, feel free to call us get, and we'll get, get you on a yes. podcast. Let's get you on a podcast. <laughs> That'd be a whole episode in itself. Um, and the, 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 actually the, the other bit that this touches on is if if you are, if your surrogate falls pregnant with multiples, um, there's sort of an increase. Yeah, there's an impaired. extra cost associated with sort of carrying a twin pregnancy or triplets or, gosh, more than that if you're going to have a football team. But um, <laughs> again, that's something that you need to be prepared for. You know, it, often if you're using clinics and the IVF process you can it can result in multiple pregnancies so you have to just make sure that you've got the ability to pay the additional expenses um and then the final section of the agreement is called additional terms which is basically like the bric-a-brac section in, yeah. in a shop it's got random random points to um that didn't really fit anywhere else no no so, so there's all sorts of things so there's um a claw, uh, like a point which talks about whether the can if the if surrogate requires counselling for any stress or trauma Afterwards. as a result of the pregnancy, <clears throat> um, the IPs will pay for it. Um, if the surrogate wants to spend time with the child, the IPs can discuss it, and if they're happy to um, allow her to do that. Uh, gosh, there's just all sorts in here. Mm, if the surrogate's made herself available for home, home <laughs> insems, but then the IPs cancel, what happens if they've agreed to any... Um, fees. Fees for that. Um, how how are they going to actually pay um, yeah. for it? Um, and then sort of there's, there's generic um, things on if reports are required for various reasons. Um, it's the IPs' expense at the IP's expense um, extra surgery if yeah. surgery is required to remove the placenta or if the surrogate became ill during the pregnancy um, and the, her children needed looking after yeah, so there's a, um, there's, child care costs yeah, child care costs covered in there yeah. um, if your surrogate uh, required hypnotherapy or acupuncture to alleviate morning sickness yeah. whether or not they could um, you agree to them taking anti-sickness medication um Gina was really, really sick mm. um, with with Grace and had to take um, anti-sickness medication for the whole of the um, yeah. pregnancy. I mean, we'll talk about that a lot more sort of in another episode. But um, yeah, I guess, to, you know, deciding on these things beforehand, if yeah. you're an IP and you're dead against medication while sort of the, 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 the child is, yeah. while the surrogate is pregnant with um, with the child, then that... Yeah, you need to have that conversation before you before you get into the situation. That. And then lastly, there's um, there's points about selective reduction. So if I guess there were multiple um, multiple fetuses, what at what point you decide to reduce the number of babies to to ultimately result in a healthy pregnancy mm. um, and delivery for for all involved. So and also the in this one there's a there's a cap mm. as well on the maximum on amount you pay expenses. for pregnancy expenses um so again it's something that you you might discuss with a with a surrogacy whether or not there should be a cap there because obviously with you know if unfortunately you you ran into a lot of different issues, issues. it could it could actually end up sort of spiraling yeah the cost absolutely a little bit 
absolutely. So, so section ten of, of the agreement is um, is a bit of a catch-all, but an important one. Yeah. Uh, for for all of the bits it touches on. So, um, I guess that that brings us to the end of, of this episode and and the agreements. And it was it's an interesting one because there's some difficult things to talk about. But you mm. know, the fact that we almost find it difficult to record some of the headings. It just shows that 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 these conversations, you know, as as hard as they are, really have to be had because as awkward as it is talking on a podcast about points on an agreement or talking with your surrogate about points of on agreement, it's going to be a heck of a lot harder if you get to a point in time where things have gone wrong and you haven't had the conversation on how you would deal with it. Mm. And also, I think it is really important that if you if you have if you have got any um, things that you want to talk about any issues that you want to talk about um, that perhaps if you don't find it easy to talk to your surrogate first of all you might like find another IP yeah. um, to talk about you might want to talk about it with a different surrogate yeah. as well which we, we, we you know we've talked about how how relationships the within the communica- community are so important so you know actually getting a bit of advice from somebody who's been there oh yeah we did that. it so much you know not, not necessarily in the agreement but throughout the pregnancy just find you know finding people that you get on with that you can just offload on because it's mm. it's a really difficult journey and it is you know it is emotionally up and down yeah um and and there are some people who just won't understand because actually if you went to to someone who's carried not numerous healthy pregnancies just for their own family with the content of these agreements they would think you were barking mad at, at the stuff you're having to yeah. talk about but it's a reality if 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 of becoming a mother or a father through surrogacy yeah. so uh, yeah we we hope it was helpful yes and if you do have any questions um just you just know dm us dm us on the, on, on the um instagram page yeah we're always open yeah. to um giving advice right and next time we are talking about clinics and so the uh, good and bad yeah all very technical um I do feel like the episodes are now getting quite meaty and into the into the real Some intricacies, the technical of, bits. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, so. they're still as interesting. Hopefully, and um, and obviously, we'll get to actual pregnancies after that one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.